You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. We want that quick fix. That's what I see what's happening here. The enemy's strong, they said. The enemy got chariots of iron. Yeah, well, Satan's strong. Don't ever underestimate him. He's strong. He is strong. But Christ has defeated him. Christ has defeated him on the wooden cross. He's done with. Can't give in to the easy path. We always, we can't give in to the easy path. We have to slug it out. As long as we walk in this fallen world, we can expect to face temptation and trial. All of us have found ourselves giving in or allowing trials to get the best of us. In today's message, Pastor Dave encourages us to keep on swinging. The battle is not lost. Surrender to Christ and He will bring you victory. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 17 with part two of his message, The Sons of Joseph Want More. There's some things that I have a hard time submitting to. Or I might submit to them one minute and then when nobody's looking, take it back. They become comfortable with it. We become lazy and we become content with living with our enemies. We feel that we can handle them in our present state. Everything's going well. I can handle these things. But the fact is, by not conquering these enemies, just like the children of Israel, we're not experiencing everything the Lord would have for us. And we're cutting ourselves out of an inheritance. We're cutting ourselves out of blessings. We're cutting ourselves out of, of, of things that the Lord is desperately wanting to show us and give us. Well, I don't understand why my prayers aren't answered. Look at your life. Are there strongholds that you're holding on to in your life? Is there sin in your life? Are there problems that you're holding on to that you haven't given up? Maybe that's why the Lord's not answering your prayers. He wants you to rid yourself of those. He wants you to get rid of those things and and move on into an abundant life. Jesus said, which is the whole basis for the victorious Christian, I have come that they might have life and life more abundant. And he's talking about here and now. He's talking about right here on earth, right here and now, this abundant life that he's come to give us, that is ours to take. Just like the children of Israel were were, 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 were making the, the comparison of the promised land and the abundant life. He says, you don't have that. I want you desperately to have that. I want you desperately to walk in my love and walk in that peace that I have that. Why? Sad. The children of Israel are going to suffer greatly because they don't do as the Lord had told them to do. And if you're familiar with the Old Testament, as you go through judges and as you go through the kings and you go through these things, you see where all these tribes that they didn't subdue, all these tribes that they didn't conquer, come up against them. And cause all kinds of problems to them. All kinds of problems. And then they start to intermarry. They start to intermarry and all this kind of stuff. And next thing you know, they're worshiping other gods. They're worshiping other gods. And the Lord's saying, where are you? And he accuses accuses them of spiritual adultery. Because they've gone after foreign gods. It's sad. But we do the same thing in our lives. We can't look down upon Israel and go, oh, Israel... No, you better look at your own self. Look at that mirror and go, "Uh uh-oh. Take the scope. Be a David and say, Lord, examine me. Try me. See if there's any wicked way in me. 
Bring it to my attention that I might repent of it. Show me my my way. Show me the ways I'm going wrong. I want to know. And then be prepared for the Lord to show you. And then be prepared to allow Him to take it from you and help you rid of that stronghold. So that's what I see happening. And it happened that the children of Israel grew strong. Israel had have always been prolific. They have multiplied greatly. At least they followed one of the Lord's command, go forth and multiply. They've done that with great zeal. I mean, they have multiplied and multiplied, right? So they have all these people, but instead of forcing these people out, they were satisfied to allow them to be their slaves. And then we get to the crux of today's message, of today's study, in verses 14 through 18. And then the children of Joseph have the, should I say, audacity to come to Joshua and say, we don't have enough land. We want more. Now, I feel like, you know, every time I read this, and I've read it several times this week as I was studying, read it seven times a day, and I can't get this vision out of my head of the beginning of Oliver when the little boy goes, more, sir, can I have more? I don't know why. That's what they're doing. They, they come up to Joshua and go, we don't have enough land. We don't have enough land. We want more land. You're saying to yourself, well, wait a minute. Look, Ephraim and Manasseh. Well, before this, they were one. They were sharing this land together. Before the division, before the division. We're going to talk about that in a minute. So let's, let's read 14 through 18, and we'll, 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 we'll see some things here. Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given us only one lot? And one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now. So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the hit parasites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us. And besides, all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. But both those who are of Beth Shearn and its towns, and those were in the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have power. You shall not have only one lot. But the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. So they come to him. They ask for more. We want. Now, Ephraim and Manasseh were large tribes. In fact, the tribe of Ephraim was one of the largest tribes. They were very big. They were great in numbers. But their heads were swelled. Their heads were a little big. I mean, look what they said. Joshua, give us more land, because we're great. We're great. We want more land. Not only are we great in number, but we've been mightily blessed. You remember Joseph blessed, I mean, Jacob blessed us himself. You remember that, Joshua. We want more land. How prideful can you get? How come we only got this much? Look at what we, this is not what we deserve. We've been blessed by Jacob. Besides, the land you gave us, the enemy is entrenched there. The enemy's in that land. You gave us land that's already, already, already inherited. Not only that, Joshua, but you know, Joshua, you're from the tribe of Ephraim. You're one of us, buddy old pal. We should have more. You gotta love Joshua's response. You gotta love Joshua's response. Well, great. If you're so great, then go up and take care of the parasites. Go up and clean up the country for yourself. Go take a hold of what's rightfully yours and claim it. 
and claim it. You think you're a great people, go get them. Occupy what the Lord has given you. They were not happy with his pride. Why? They didn't want to work for themselves. They didn't want to go up and clear the land for themselves. They didn't want to do it. They wanted, they wanted the nice spot. They're looking at somebody else's lot and going, look what he got. How come he got that place and I got this rocky spot? Lord, don't I read my Bible every day? Don't I pray? I haven't cussed in a week. What's going on? Come on, Lord. Joshua says, go clean up the land. You're so great. See, too many times when we're faced with these strongholds, we look for the quick and easy fix. We look for the quick and easy fix. I deal with people, and it's sad. It's so sad. This, this trouble and problem of addiction is, is horrendous, and it just strikes people and families, and it just, it's just horrendous. But people get so tied up in the strongholds that they will come to me for help, and I will pray with them, and I will, will try to get a place for them to go, and I will come back to them. I have a Christian place for you to go, but you got to go away for six months. Oh, I can't go away for six months. I can't go away for six months. I'm going to go here for four days. They want, we want the quick fix. We want the quick fix. We're not ready to slug it out with Satan for the stronghold. We're not ready to slug it out with him. We want the quick fix. Why should I go away for six months? What about my family? What about my friends? What about this? What about that? My answer is usually the same. Well, how long did it take you to get in your current condition? Probably a little bit more than four days. You know, addictions don't happen overnight. They take a lot of time to get there. I said, besides, you're worried about your family. You're worried about your livelihood. You're worried about this. You're worried about that. You're right at the area where you could die. Then what's your family going to do? Then what's going to happen to everyone? I say the same thing. But the, we want the quick fix. And they're, they're no different than me. I want the quick fix. I want the quick fix. And when I'm sick, I want to be healed. But maybe the Lord wants me to be sick for a while to experience something. And maybe he wants me to slug it out with Satan while I'm sick and while I'm dealing with things in my life. I don't know. But we want that quick fix. That's what I see what's happening here. The enemy's strong, they said. The enemy got ch- chariots of iron. Yeah, well, Satan's strong. Don't ever underestimate him. He's strong. He is strong. But Christ has defeated him. Christ has defeated him on the wooden cross. He's done with. We can't give in to the easy path. We always, we can't give in to the easy path. We have to slug it out. We have to come to fellowship. We've talked about this before. We get into a trial, and what's the first thing you give up? I ain't going to church tonight. No way. No way. I've had a bad day. I'm not going to church. You cut out the one thing you need most. Not just because of the word of God, but fellowship. We need each other. We need each other to pray for each other, to link arms and say, we're in this battle with you, pal, and we're going to fight it with you. Because our God is greater than anything that's happening to you right now. We need that. We need fellowship. We're strong in numbers because we're strong in Christ. We see that Joshua relents and he says, okay, guys, you are great, and I'll give you more land. I'll give you more land, and we'll see how that goes. So how can we apply these to our lives? This is what I thought about. How can we apply these as the victorious Christian? It's just as each tribe of Israel was given a lot in the promised land, each of us has been given blessings by the Lord. Each of us has been given every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, it says in Ephesians. We've been given that. We need to 
Be content with God has given us. We need to be content with the lot He has given us. In, in Philippians, that beautiful place in Philippians, when Paul's writing to the church of Philippi, the epistle of joy, in the last chapter, he clearly says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard of need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everything and in all things I have learned both to be full, to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Where's your contentment? If your contentment is in your lifestyle, if your contentment is in your home, if your contentment is in the car you drive, if your contentment is in your job, if your contentment is in your children, if your contentment is in your spouse, if your contentment is anywhere else except in the Lord, you've placed your contentment in the wrong spot. For I am content in one thing and one thing only, and that's Christ Jesus. The only place, and when I step out of that, I'm no longer content. My contentment seems to wane, and I seem to to, to flee. I can't look at what somebody else has. I can't want what somebody else has. I need to focus on what the Lord is doing in me, what the Lord is doing for me, on what the Lord has given me. And I need to claim that inheritance for me to the fullest. Joshua, you're from the tribe of Ephraim. You're one of us. Our value should not be our tribe. Our value should not be assessed by the church which we attend. That is not where our value is. Our value is in who we are in Jesus Christ. That is where our value lies. That is where we are to look to. The Holy Spirit deals with each one of us on an individual level. Holy Spirit deals with you and I. He may deal differently with me than he does with you. But he will deal with us and work with us. Don't be valued by a church. Be valued by being a child of the Most High God. You may have great abilities. You may have wonderful abilities. And you might come to me and go, you know, I'm really not being used. I'm not being used enough. I have these great people. I'm a great person. Why am I not being used? Well, maybe the enemy is entrenched in your life. Maybe the enemy is still entrenched in your life. And instead of fighting them, instead of slugging it out with Satan through the Lord, what do we do? We run. Well, I'm going to move to another state. I'm going to move to another house. I'm going to move to another husband. Move to another wife. Move to another car. Move to another this. Move there. If we don't defeat Satan where we are, guess what? He'll tag along with you. He will tag along with you when you will find them right there where you are. I know people that have moved away, seeking the greener pastures. Now they're like, ah, get me out of these green pastures. Well, you take your problems with you, Satan. If you don't defeat him once and for all, he will follow you wherever you go. I want a better job. I need more responsibility. We must live to the capacity that we've been given to by Christ Jesus. We must live up to that capacity. Sure, just like the people from Ephraim and Manasseh, there may be trees in the way. And what do trees do? They keep us from seeing Christ. The trees keep us from seeing Christ. They keep us separated. So like Ephraim and Manasseh, we've got to cut the trees down. We've got to put an axe to them. Just like Christ put an axe to Satan's throat on the cross. 
Christ put an axe to the root of our sin. And we cry for greater opportunities to serve the Lord. But we're not even serving Him now to the fullest we could possibly do. But yet we want more. Are you serving Him to the fullest that you can do right now where you are today? Take inventory. Are you doing exactly what He called to you to do? And I'm not talking about church folks necessarily. I'm talking about in your house. In your household. Are you the best husband you can be? Are you the best wife you can be? Are you the best parent you can be? The best grandparent you can be? Do you get the employee award at work for being the best you can be? Many times in my last couple of years, I know I was a slacker. I felt bad about it. The Lord really convicted my heart. If you're employed, you should be the very best employer that person has ever had. In the Lord's eyes, you are. He's placed you there. We need to cut down the forest. Do what he's called you to do. Some of us can't do that, but what we want more. Well, we can't even do what we've done. Look at the difference in the attitude between these two and Caleb. When we studied Caleb back in chapter 14. Remember Caleb's charge? Give me the toughest land there is. I want where all the guys are. I want where the giants are. Because I want to go in there and I can take them. That was the attitude. The Lord's going, yeah, go. I'm with you, man. Go get them. Instead, the easy way. There is no easy way. There is no easy way. Our prayer should be, make us more like Jesus. Obey the Lord in all things and drive out the enemies until our hearts are completely empty and so the Lord can fill us with Him. The victorious life of a Christian is one of movement, not sedentary. But, let me warn you. The Christian life moves one of two ways. You either increase or you decrease. That's the way it moves. And I learned a lot about Joshua as a leader. I learned a lot about Joshua as a leader. Joshua didn't play favorites, although he did realize that they had a very large tribe, and he relented, but still told them they had to take care of the woods. But he wasn't, he wasn't bugged by the fact that they were pulling the rank on him. Oh, well, we know, you know, we're Joseph's grandkids. Uh, you know, I mean, after all, you're one of us. They, he didn't go by that, that game. A lot of people think they can get over the leader by being a friend with them. Well, I'm your friend. You have to treat me differently. Really? We treat with no partiality. We treat on an equal basis. And believe me, you know yourselves that as a human being, that's hard to do. You better be in tune with Jesus Christ. You better be solid with him to be able to do that. Now, I like that people, people make fun of me and they, they sometimes get annoyed at me and they sometimes, because I like to err on the side of grace. You know, and we give out grace, we give out grace, and we give out grace, and finally, you know, there comes a time when grace has to stop. Comes a time when grace has to stop. Enough already. Joshua governed without fear because he saw the big picture. Joshua had been given the big picture. The Lord has a vision for us, and he gives us that vision, and he tells us, this is what I want you to do. I want to serve the Lord. Well, serve him. Serve him. Serve him with all your gusto. Serve him with everything you can serve him. But all I do is clean the church. Well, then clean the church as best you possibly can. Make that place shine for God's people and for God. But do it for God. Do it for God. Don't do it for me. So I'll look at it and go, hey, nice job. Because you've got your reward as soon as I say that. Do it for the Lord. Don't do it to, to gain points. Yeah, we're friends and we're tribes, but Joshua showed no partiality. 
We have areas of our flesh. It might be a bad temper. It might be anger. It might be other characteristics. It might even be pride that we have to deal with in our life. God wants to give you complete victory over those things. He wants to give you complete victory over that through the Holy Spirit. But many times, even as the children of Israel failed to utterly drive out the enemies, and in a time to come, their failure to drive out the enemies is going to work in disadvantage. We, the same thing happens to us. You may fail to drive out an enemy right now that's really bugging you, and then a couple years down the line, that enemy is going to rear up, and you're going to go, whoa, because we didn't drive it completely out. It's happened to me. We find ourselves attacked by Satan in the future. And sometimes we're even defeated because we didn't take the first step and defeat him at the beginning. That's the sad note of the Israelites. And that's a sad commentary on what happened to all the tribes. And as you read through, as you read through chapter 18 and chapter 19, you see that they didn't do according to God's purpose. And I keep bringing this up because it's so important for us as Christians. If you want that victorious life, if you want that life of, of freedom in Christ and that life of abundant, you need to stay claim to it because God has given it to you. It's your inheritance through Christ. And, and do a word study on the word inheritance. It only appears about 450 times in the Bible. What a great word study on, the, on, on the, the word inheritance and what it means, especially our inheritance that we have in Jesus Christ. I hope we're getting something out of these chapters. I'm taking my time through some of these chapters, these mundane chapters, but I think there's real meat in here for us to look at. I really do. And that's why I'm taking time such, because I did think about just kind of reading them through and, and, and getting to 19 or 20 where we, we pick up a, a more of a, a storyline. But these are important things that we can glean from. And I think it's important as we study the Word of God that we know that every single word was placed there for us to draw from and to read from. And, and there's no word misplaced. There's, it's all we can find meaning in the most mundane and even the boring chapters. Let's not be like the children of Israel. Let's not be like the children of Israel. Let's learn from them. Let's learn from them. That's why we have God's word, to learn and learn from them. And take all what God has for you. I mean, think of it. Oh, man. Serve a God who can do abundantly, exceedingly above all that we could ever think. I mean, Wow. Wow. Wrap your mind around that. That's all. That's incredible. See, that's what he wants you to have. That old, that old story of, of the guy who went to heaven and the Lord, the, the St. Peter was showing him around and they came to the big room with all the packages that are wrapped in there. He went, oh, look at all these packages. What was that? And they said, all the things that God wanted to do for you that you didn't take, that you didn't claim. God has so much for us. We haven't even scratched the surface of what He has for us. And I just hope that you want more. I hope that you want more of Him, more of God, more of Him in your life. Amen? God tells us in Joshua 1.9 to be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What encouragement that is. God is with us wherever we go, just as He was with His people, the Israelites, on their journey into the Promised Land. Do you know the love and strength the Lord can give you? If you haven't yet discovered the power of a personal relationship with Jesus, we'd like to tell you more. Please give us a call at 609-884-5821. 
and we'll be happy to introduce you to the one who will change your life forever. You can also send us an email at info at capewatchradio.com. That's info at capewatchradio.com. We'd also like to invite you to get involved in a church community to help fuel your passion for Jesus and support you on this journey. If you are in the Cape May, New Jersey area, why not come by Calvary Chapel, Cape May? We'd love to have you join us for our time of fellowship, worship, and Bible study with Pastor Dave. We gather together every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. You'll find our address and driving directions by visiting our website at capewatchradio.com or by giving us a call at 609-884-5821. We're so glad you tuned in to Cape Watch Radio. Pastor Dave will continue walking verse by verse, chapter by chapter, through the book of Joshua. When you join us next time, may God bless you today and always.